0: Sorry, I didn't unmute. What up, everybody? Happy Friday. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. Welcome back. If you're a new listener, welcome. Uh this week. Welcoming back to the show. My good friend Ryan Kovac. He stepped up last minute. My guest today was sick and didn't have a voice. It'd be hard to do this if you can't speak. Uh you're still muted too, Ryan. We're both we're both on mute today. Um, Ryan's been on the show. This is that he his, his Fourth appearance now. Yep. Wonderful, wonderful dude to talk to. Black belt Brazilian jiu jitsu. He's got his own company, hot in and uh, marketing and staffing, which we'll talk to. And instead of a message for the week, which I I like to offer the the nice profound thing for everybody to think about, this is from an NPR article from two weeks ago, and they they refer to this as the Great Resignation. It said this was mid-October. they said last week the u.s Bureau of Labor Statistics announced announced that 4.3 million Americans or 2.9 percent of the entire workforce. Somehow, I think their math is off there. yep uh quit their jobs. Four point three Americans quit their jobs. Is that an exaggeration?
1: No, it, it's not. In fact, I think it's much larger. Um, I think I think it's much, much larger than that. They, um, must,
0: they must be referring yeah. to 2.9% of like the global workforce. Cause that wouldn't be 2.9% of the American workforce.
1: Right. Or am I, uh, well, I mean, maybe? if you've got maybe what, yeah. Cause a couple hundred million workers. Yeah. Okay. It'd be, right. it'd be, it'd be the American workforce. All right. um, you know, today they're counting the big job numbers, you know, that I know the, we know what that is. That's Christmas and seasonal. It's all bullshit numbers, but you know, we, the U S needs a boost um, in almost every facet of our country uh, in order to seem like we're even competitive at all. And so they're going to do whatever they can to, uh, to, to, to play with numbers.
0: Yep. And get that clickbait. Those advertisers want that money too. So
1: they'll
0: fill those headlines up. Um, so you have, you have, Twenty plus years experience in the staffing marketing industry. Can you explain for the the guys and gals listening what that what that means exactly?
1: Yeah, so for about twenty four years, so almost a quarter century, uh, I have been in the staffing industry. Staffing uh, companies, um, you know, they they employ a a massive percentage of the U.S., well, the world workforce, but the U.S. workforce. Um, Staffing companies like Adeco, Manpower, Kelly Services um, can make up, you know, together can make up, you know, probably 20-something percent of the entire workforce in America. Uh, Staffing companies are used for a variety of reasons. Um, Limit liability, uh, try before you buy type thing, obviously just standard recruiting, finding better talent making it more efficient to hire, better onboarding, you know, all kinds of reasons that staffing companies can be brought into the picture. So my clients have been staffing companies for, you know, about 20 years. And then prior to that, um, I grew up in a staffing company. My my parents owned one. So I I just I've been around the employment numbers for a long, long time. And I've been around employment and I've been around hiring and I've been around resumes and I've been around applicant tracking systems and, and the whole thing. Um, so, you know, I feel like I have a, a decent, decent understanding of it.
0: Yeah, that's great because I, the gentleman i had scheduled to come on today is an employment lawyer. And we were going to we were going to talk about, you know, another facet of this. But, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of crossover uh, that we can that we can sure. Still discuss. Um, sure. So you like you pointed out you've been at this for for about a quarter of a century now. Um, you've you've been around to see some some twists and turns. Yep. What what are the what are the biggest trends in staffing that you see? Um, and how does that compare to like previous? Yeah. Uh, you know, at, at least uh, national debacles that you know. Yeah. like Two thousand eight, two thousand one.
1: You know, mm-hmm. that kind of shit. Yeah, well, you know, like you said, you know, 9 11, uh, 2008, the dot com bust, all these things, you know, never in the history. So, like right now, we have a record number of employers trying to hire and a record number of people on unemployment. That's never happened in my 24 years. Okay. It's always been a candidate or an employer market. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always either been there's not any jobs and people are out of work or there's a lot of jobs and everybody's working so there's no people right now we actually have both we have a lot of jobs that the companies are dying for people and we have a lot of people that could take those jobs that are refusing to it's the most insane thing i've seen
0: yeah and and what What are some of the things that you think are the source of that?
1: Well, so, you know, I have a unique view on everything, probably a very unpopular view on everything, but I still think I'm right. (laughs) That's that's Um, why you're here, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, let's just, let's just cut to the chase. At the end of the day, we have flipped everything on its head. The employee is now the customer. Uh, Employers are spending four times as much time trying to do employee candidate satisfaction versus customer satisfaction. Customer satisfaction is at an all-time low in our country. Just look up look it up. I mean from every sector from retail to service to everything. Customer satisfaction has tanked. Customer service, customer experience, everything. From everything, from our utilities to our services to our retail to everything, is at an all time low. And if you look at it, it's the most bizarre thing. Typically, we get paid by customers. Now we are paying our customers and we call them employees. We're spending billions and billions and billions of dollars trying to figure out how to continue being the helicopter parents to millennials and Gen Zs and alphas, whatever the fuck you want to call them, right? Is
0: that the new one? I think so. Ah.
1: Yeah. Okay. We're spending billions and billions of dollars trying to figure out as employers how to linearly continue helicopter parenting in the workforce. Don't let anybody get hurt. Bubble wrap them. Don't let anything be said that could be considered offensive. Experience, 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 culture, 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 to the point of it's just it's nauseating. Okay. You know, as a as a as a jiu-jitsu person going on your journey to black belt, that anything in the world that is worth having, anything in the world that is worth having. Kids, a black belt in jujitsu, an education, anything, it doesn't matter, takes uncomfortable, hard, inconvenient, stressful, and painful journeys. As a country, we are literally trying to eliminate any aspect of being uncomfortable in the workplace. And we are going to see a backlash and a fall unlike anything we've seen before. Look at our United States military. For the last 20 years, we've been playing woke games instead of war games. In recent weeks, our military has gone from the most powerful, most respected to everybody we're playing war games with is kicking our absolute ass. And it's not even close. And it's because of this garbage. And now we're taking it into the workforce. We will never see innovation like Apple or anything ever again if we do not, as employers and as senior leaders, as people, if we do not reverse this trend. You cannot be competitive. You cannot be innovative. You cannot dominate if. You remove being uncomfortable.
0: That's, that's a great example. Like where would Apple be
1: if, they wouldn't Steve, be? if Steve Jobs was subject to all this shit, they wouldn't be. He would be extoriated online to this day and age through, you know uh, glass door or, and, and, and all of these things. They would never have gotten off the ground. He would be considered an absolute tyrant, misogynist, crazy, lunatic. And he never would have ever been able to get off the ground uh, in this current environment. I am telling you, and the, the sickest thing I, I think about all of this is the leadership in America kowtowing and virtue signaling this garbage because when you get off of podcasts and off of social media and you just talk to them on the phone they they say the exact same thing that we're saying or that I'm saying you're not saying anything that I'm saying right it's measurable these people you know are useless absolutely useless but they go and they still continue to spend tens of thousands of dollars trying to placate it, posting on social media about their their culture and about their inclusiveness and about all of this bullshit that they don't believe it at all and feeding into this. And in my opinion, I'm sitting, look, I'm old. So, you know, it sucks for my kids that we're leaving them this society, but I've made money. You know I'm doing well, and I will continue to do well, and I'll eventually you know fade off into dust in the wind. But between now and that day, I'm just sitting back eating my popcorn. I'm literally Michael Jackson in the movie theater watching this epic fucking failure of an experiment that is going to send people into breadlines. You watch?
0: Yeah, I agree. I so I had a lot of conversations with um, with business owners. Uh, You know, and I'm, I'm fortunate to be in a very,
1: those evil people, which,
0: which evil people, (laughs)
1: the the business owners.
0: Yeah. They the devils,
1: those people fucking everything up. Yeah. You know, the people that put their risk and their mortgages and everything on the fucking line to give you a paycheck and a place to work, to feed your family. Those evil people, are that the one you're talking about? Yep, exactly. Okay, cool.
0: Um, and it's funny, a lot of what you said is actually a lot of these things have happened to me as a business owner recently, like personally, you're right. like, ta- you're, you're listening to like the play by play of what's happened, you know, in the last few months. And I'm just like, wow, what the fuck happened? Right. Um, but a lot of conversations and I'm fortunate to be in a very you know densely populated, populated area with a lot of a lot of talent and a lot of people in, like, you know, your neighbor will be just like a, a high level person at like a financial institution or whatever. So one conversation I had the other day, this lady's, I think she's probably been in finance for like 40 years. She works on wall street, very large company. She said they had 400 people that it's a big company. So 400 wasn't like, it wasn't like detrimental, but 400 people quit. And it wasn't because of vaccine mandates or anything like that. They're just like, Gonna go find themselves or something, you know. Gonna go figure out their lives. I'm
1: so glad you brought that up. Yeah, keep going.
0: <laughs> so, you know, she said um, something similar to you. She, because I was saying how you know I'm struggling to get people to come to work. I was asking her what she thought. You know, the uh, the reason people were leaving jobs were, and in some way, you know, I think people. There were some people that certainly got squirrely with unemployment. And and they tucked it aside. They weren't going out as much. Maybe they are out of fear, or whatever. They just, but they've got enough money to coast right now, and they're going to take this opportunity to like fill it out. But they're you know like not for nothing. Same for me. We're making we're we're making hand over fist cash. I mean we're not yep. we're doing great right now. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's amazing.
1: I' fucking doing awesome.
0: I gotta do all the I gotta do all the work, which kind of sucks. It, it it's hard
1: and <laughs> yeah. it's brutal. But my bank account absolutely reflects it
0: looking pretty and so she was like so consider this and like maybe in like six months time all those people that are spending the money at your place that have the free time and the money to burn they're going to run out of money and not be spending it at your place anymore and places like yours and then they're going to want to go back to work but you're not going to hire them anymore because sales are down because they're not spending that money that they had put aside anymore and then you don't need them and it's going to cause a fucked up situation. And I like, when she said it to me, it just kind of hit me and I was like, Whoa. And she was like, so if that, if that grape is, is juicy right now, you need to squeeze it for all it's worth absolutely, and, and be smart yourself because, because this could, this could really unravel before you pick up on that. We're going to take a break. I want you, yep. you're just going to grab the reins when you come back. Cause I know, I know you're ready to to, to share it. So yeah, hang, man, hang tight, everybody, come back, get this juice pumping. everybody welcome back again the entrepreneurial web i'm your host jeremiah fox welcoming back to the show ryan kovac i just thanks man put out a little a little a little dangled a little meat out for him at the end of that last segment he's gonna he's gonna run with it let's go
1: yeah so you brought up okay look man you brought up the whole they need to go find themselves i I, i've seen a lot of that or you know now's the perfect time you know to go it's It's neat it's real cute (laughs) right I mean, for fuck's sakes, if you don't know who you are, that's cool, but you still need to eat. You still need to provide quality service to whoever is paying you. You still need to be there, you know, um, I, you know, I, If you look at things from the macro and the micro, I always talk about this to people that I'm close to when we're having our cigars and whiskeys is I say, you know, anything that's in the macro happens in the micro. If you look at, if I'm, if I'm in a marriage and I am selfish and I am all about me, 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 What can my spouse do for me? What can, you know, what can my spouse do every day to make sure I'm comfortable, good, and and all that, and it's just me, me, me. That marriage is not going to last, period. If I have friends, and as a friend, if it's all about me, what can my friends do for me? You know, that friendship isn't going to last, right? Selfishness and me, me, me is actually, if you look at any world religion, not just Christianity. If you look at Buddhism, if you look at you know Hindu, if you look at Christianity, is you know uh, um, Islam, anything, every world religion, every spirituality, you know whatever you want to talk about, will tell you that a me mindset is poison, literally poison. You cannot break that just because it's an employer-employee relationship. What we are seeing is a me. What can you do for me? I've been seeing these little cute memes that are like, you know, yeah, I I went on an interview and and the the guy asked me, you know, for, for three references and I told him, no motherfucker, you give me three references. Okay. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Right. I do. But, (laughs) but the tone, we know what the tone is. The tone is shitty. There's another meme going around that says, "I don't want your cute uh, t-shirts and water bottles when I do something good. I want money." And I'm thinking, you're already getting a paycheck. They're already paying you money. What they're doing is recognizing you for something you've done, and they're giving you a, you know, a, a gift card to Target or a or whatever, right? Like it's a kind gesture, but it's the tone. And it's the me, 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 me. I'm telling you, Jeremiah, we do. When I tell you, I am Michael Jackson in the theater eating popcorn. The pendulum always swings, right? Always. And I don't want it to ever swing in a disfavor to somebody or in a disfavor to another person. I feel like balance, you know, the pendulum pendulum should do this, not this, Right. But the pendulum is going to swing so far back because industry will always find a way. This experiment that we are doing is going to fail on such a catastrophic way that I don't think this gen- these generations coming up understand. Number one, they're not looking at history and they're not looking at this experiment that's already been done a million times in other countries that has led to figuring out, am I going to eat the cat tonight or am I going to eat the neighbor's cat? Okay. This mentality that we have is 1000% leading to that. And they don't even know it. They're setting their own trap and shame on them. Sorry. That's just my opinion. That's my opinion.
0: I, I brought you on because I, uh, I, I, in some way, our, our, our outlooks jive. and, uh, and I, Look, I, I, there's me. a
1: lot of great people out there. I've got great employees here that are young, uh, ambitious, and all that. You know, um, I know that there's some killer, killer people coming up through the ranks. I do. The problem that we also have, Jeremiah, is cancel culture. Fear of, st- you know, standing out and having a, a differing opinion. The ones that believe like us tend to stay more silent because there's backlash. There's reviews. They can go. I had a review hit happen to my company this past week. Um, you know, I, I cut a couple of people because they were fucking worthless. Literally. I mean, when I say worthless, I'm talking fucking worthless. Mm-hmm. And. Overnight, you know, I get um, review bombed by a bunch of fake accounts. Yeah. Literally fake. First first and only review. All terrible, you know, and this and that. And the cancel culture is big. It's real. And so because of that, most people that have our viewpoint keep their mouth shut, which is a huge humongous mistake
0: well it's it's i think of it like jujitsu you know there's there's a time there's always a time to attack and the smarter you get uh and the more strategic you get your success rate goes up correct Uh, you know so if i don't think there's any any um chance of like converting somebody you know when you hear these conversations and i trust me i hear them a lot up here (laughs) yes you know and i'm like nothing i say is going to change this person's mind i am just not getting into it um but you know the other part of it is like and you pointed it out in, in other words none of these none of these people they're afraid to lose they're all afraid to lose and when you take guys
1: like you and i We've already lost before. I've been oh god beaten down. We're, like, what? Our our bank accounts that we talked about <laughs> earlier look like they look because of our losses. Yes, exactly. And uh
0: and and I'm just not afraid to lose. Like you want to you want to cancel me, you want to strip everything. I mean I'll be like Chappelle. I'll be like, oh, I don't give a fuck. So take it. I don't give a fuck. Take it. Yeah. It you can take the liability for it too. Good luck. I'd love to see yes. what some of you do like you could give them all the successful pieces it's everything is running perfectly and they will drive it into the fucking ground and i see yes, it they will. over and over and it's one of the reasons like now why i'm just so hands-on because i'm like i work too hard and i care too much about my business to just yep. pass it off to somebody that's going to fuck it up that's um, right you know it's it's going well now and it will continue to go well with proper training and like you said you know We don't want the pendulum to swing back necessarily so far the way it was because 20, 30 years ago, it wasn't great. You know, like it wasn't great. (laughs) Work
1: condition. Look, nobody is saying, let's go back to you get two 15-minute breaks and a 30-minute lunch, and you hear a bell go off, and you better be fucking back at your seat. No one's saying that. Yeah. I grew up in that. That sucked. That sucked. That was. You know, slave driver mentality. And there was nothing great about that. But we fixed that (laughs) a while ago. A long time ago. (laughs) I feel like pre pandemic and everything, you know, work conditions in America are so fucking good. And all I hear is toxic work environment, toxic bosses. Yeah. Right. Dude, work environments in the united states are so good it's 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 mind-blowing how actually good work conditions are
0: i my my main two guys at the restaurant are both from west africa and they just laugh when they hear this shit because they're like
1: oh project
0: manager in there
1: is (laughs) is from nigeria
0: right right and he's just like
1: what the fuck man this is fucking great like (laughs) this is the this is the best life I could ever have. You know?
0: We just need to drop their asses over in Africa for a little bit. Be like, you're gonna do a three month uh a three month internship and then we'll see we'll see how you how your your what tune you're singing when you come back. I
1: I agree, man. It's it's absolutely I, it's I tell absolutely. my that's
0: what I tell my kids. I'm like, I'm gonna drop your ass off in Africa every time you complain. Right. Um <laughs> and and, for, and fortunately for my kids, and I'm assuming it's the same for your the same for yours. It's like they're growing. They're growing up and seeing, you know, the reality of it all. They're 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 seeing us get screwed by, by by employees, and they're they're. Seeing well, what I what
1: Yeah, what I don't like about it is if you raise them right, which I feel I am, and they're not afraid of the suck. They're not afraid of the grind. They're not afraid of that. And they're ambitious. I feel like they might actually get canceled. They might actually not do well in this society. And that's bothersome to me.
0: Yeah. But I I still like I tell my kids, I mean, my my older two, you know, they're they're 14 and 11. And I'm like, just straight up tell them to fuck off. Like, yeah. In those words, like, uh, yeah, so do I,
1: you don't go, go. I tell them to go fuck yourself yeah. and go mow my lawn, please. Yeah, <laughs> Well, they will be soon. Um,
0: you know, this was brought up to my attention too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're going to be out of work. I mean, they're they're going to be mowing the lawn. <laughs> I, I'm saying, you know, like
1: they're, they're going to go fuck themselves yeah. and they're going to go mow my lawn. Exactly. Seriously, They'll be feeding you the popcorn. You won't even have right. to pick it up with your own
0: hands. Um, right. you know, that the, the, the you know student teacher relationship too it's it's happened in college and college is like you know they're they're a big part of this because they create that shit because college is like they oh, are the part they're they're bubbles they're these little mini universes under themselves they got a shit ton of money well imagine being days. a
1: professor that cannot get fired
0: right oh it's a new york city public school system you can't you get know how hard it is to fire a teacher it's Correct. crazy. You literally, why are we like,
1: taking advice from people who literally cannot get fired?
0: But then they've also created this atmosphere um, where the students, like you said, they, they, they become like these empowered customers and all of a sudden they're telling the teacher like the way things are supposed to go. And that's just, that's the beginning of degradation. Just, it is. You're just taking the most important foundational aspects of whatever it is you're building and you're yanking them right out from underneath the whole thing, not just yourself, but everybody
1: there, there are societal, spiritual, whatever, natural laws, whatever you want to call them. And you can't fucking break them. I'm sorry. You can't, they're there because they're there. And they're how the universe works, not the metaverse, right? (laughs) Which by the fucking way, you know, (laughs) Think it's hard to find people to come to work now. Wait till everybody's got a stupid headset on their face. Yep. Walking around acting like they're hanging out with fucking people. Well, and, fucked.
0: and this is, this is the thing that I think a lot of people are holding out for. I think people are leaving jobs, especially like, you know, mine that required some hustle because they think they're going to walk around with the headset and have like this, this easy life. And they're going to make great money to just like be on a game essentially um and and i, I think that bubble is going to pop and it's it's going to hurt when it does
1: oh i know you probably have a break coming up but i definitely yeah. want to talk on that okay it, well it ties it ties into employment perfect so let's take a break and you can
0: pick right up on that when we get back hang tight everybody we're gonna pop you that bubble
1: <laughs> Howdy. hey good.
0: Ryan Kovac is up, tied
1: all together. <laughs> Dude. Okay. So we, we left off on this whole metaverse thing and all this, who knows where that's going to go, but we, we, again, we know where it's going to go. Everybody's going to be walking around with stupid headsets on living in some virtual world without human touch, staying out of the sunlight, all this other stuff. Look, I, I read a report from a doctor, um, the other day talking about the power of sunshine. And I'll tell you how this ties into employment. The average person that gets 10 hours or more a week of sunshine is like literally almost non-existent, um, on the COVID death charts on, um, flus on viral infections and, and, and all kinds of stuff, right? Like the, the health benefits are, are through the roof, right? Um, We've got a situation to where I actually was on a podcast that hasn't aired yet. And it was by a uh, employment psychologist. He says he's never been busier with young people coming to him so depressed and so down on their mental health. He said it's epidemic. Okay. And these are part of the people that that we're speaking of. It ties into what you said trying to find themselves they have they have gotten into the instagram world of watching people live in tiny homes or live out in the woods or what the fuck ever they're doing which is all great i love all that shit now it's not realistic it won't you know in our modern society it won't it won't serve you and all that but hey, good for you trying to go find yourself. In the interim, you're comparing yourself with all these other people. You you are beginning to think that there is some dream unicorn job out there that is going to somehow magically, you know, fix your life, fix your world, and bring you all this general happiness. But we know through studies and statistics that even people that believe or that espouse that they're doing what they love are fucking miserable at work. Take, for instance, rock stars who have everything in the world, all the money, all the adoration, all the fame, people waiting on them hand over feet and and everything. Commit suicide at such a high rate, it's Mm -hmm. unfucking believable We know this about actors. We know this about, you know, all these people that are in the spotlight. Half of the people on Instagram that have these wonderful lives, living in the mountains, doing this with these beautiful bodies and stuff, are on every kind of Adderall and Prozac and everything you can think of in the world. Yet, we are trying to do the same thing with our careers. We're trying to find that unicorn career. Now, going back to the metaverse, what we are going to do with this is take mental health to a whole new level of shit with this. People will stay out of the sun more. They will be less healthy physically. They will be more obese, which is harder to fight things like COVID and things of that nature. They will have less physical human touch, which is paramount. We know that from studies dating back a hundred years, people that have physical touch from a baby all the way up into their adulthood Have healthier lives, more more sense of community, more sense of well-being, and better all of this. Jeremiah, the epic fucking crash is coming. The more we isolate, the more we become employees, become customers, and we cater to it, and we remove anything uncomfortable, and we don't embrace the suck and we put shit over our faces and act like we're really in a room talking to people, the more we do that, the more suicide is going to go through the roof. Death from disease is going to go through the roof and unhappiness and mental health challenges are going are just going to skyrocket. This is an absolute disaster. Facebook's been a disaster for society. of all divorces mention Facebook in the filings. It's a disaster. What do you think that has to do with? Uh, The ease ease of use to connect with opposite sex, or let's say you're gay, people of the same sex, whatever. You know, the ease of use to connect and, and voyeurism, and you can immediately identify when somebody's vulnerable and coming right out of a relationship. That's the perfect time for a narcissist to pounce or whatever, uh, the ease of use for private messaging and all of these things where you can literally voyeur into people's lives and know the appropriate time to, to do things. And it creates an environment of, you know, of, of easy cheating, easy, you know, all these things, um, or being, uh, being non-existent in the relationship because you're in this stupid fake world over here. Right. Right.
0: And it looks so pretty. And you're like, Oh, things would be so much better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This sandwich maker over here in my house, you know, she's not even talking to me, but this girl, you know, she's fucking hot and she likes all of my stuff. She comments. Maybe I should send her a private message. Right.
0: All about them comments, man. (laughs) Um, and to your point, if another, my wife
1: watches this, the <laughs> sandwich
0: knows, maker, she, she knows I make the sandwiches for
1: her. I'm bullshit on that one. <laughs> you're gonna get a you're gonna get a
0: dick sandwich in the next
1: couple of days. She, I was gonna, she knows I'm the one in there making the sandwiches and bringing them to her. So okay, she knows okay. I'm full of shit on that. But you get what I'm trying to I say. I do. Um and, and it does tie back to employment because when you're unhappy at home, when you're divorcing, when you're this or when you're that. You bring that shit to work. Yeah. This is just an epic domino effect of garbage. And I wish I could shake the world.
0: Yeah. And no. make
1: them wake up, man.
0: I I got a question for you. This, this from an employer perspective. So, you know, restaurant industry, service industries, we all know, and it's happened for, you know, decades attracts like the craziest, you know, seediest, you know, most unstable people from society. Sure. But what I've noticed and like, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been a boss, like a manager since the mid nineties. So I've seen, you know, a a bunch of people come through the ranks. I've never seen more employees coming through that are, they're all twenties and thirties that have like serious mental health issues. And Right. They they don't have to disclose that to me at any point. Until now what happens is they work for me for a while and they have to go away temporarily for something like maybe their meds got changed or something happened in their life and I'm like yep. what are you talking about? I had one employee on a on a New Year's Eve. He was supposed to come to work and one of our busiest nights of the year calls me that afternoon. He's in a car service on the way to a psych ward saying that he thinks he's going to kill himself and I had to like yep stay on the phone with him until he was like, like, well, he was on his way. So he already made his effort and I stayed on the phone with him until he got there. But I was just like, and, and, you know, he disclosed to me at that point, like that he was on medication. And then like, it just kept happening, but I'm not able to, I'm not able to ask. I mean, I feel like that's something that, especially if it's going to be like, you can't come to work for a couple of weeks because you're, you're in a psych ward. If it's, if, if your situation is that severe, I feel like I should, that should be something shared. Like if you have, you know, a, a you know, a gimp leg or something like I'm gonna see that. It's gonna be obvious. And and it doesn't mean like I'm not gonna hire you necessarily, no, of least, course, at least I have like the tools to to create an environment for you. Um, and, and it really like it put us in a bind in a, a bunch of times. And I'm like, I feel like this is something I should know, but also it was something that did not happen. <laughs> much back in the day. I mean, Jeremiah, I know we self-medicated a lot, but damn, we got, well,
1: <laughs> look, let's just be real. You know, at, at the end of the day, when I was coming up in high school, high school kids showed up in their trucks with gun racks, with rifles on the gun rack in their trucks and went into class and no one thought shit about it. Right. No one's shooting up schools. No one cared. Cops weren't driving in saying, Oh my God, a terrorist is here. Right. What has happened? I'm going to tell you, and if I hope anybody out there listening has been stewing about what I've been saying, which I'm going to post this shit out too. And I know I'm going to get a ton of hate, but I'm going to give you some advice if you're listening to this. Pay very close attention. There are laws of humanity, nature, the universe, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Conan did not become Conan originally. He was the scrawny, weak, sick one, but they put him on the grinding wheel and he turned and he turned and he grinded and he grinded and became the biggest force known. Okay. Michael Jordan didn't wake up the way he was. People will tell you he stayed three hours after practice. Okay. I'm back, Daryl from Pantera, a good friend of mine. When he went to the restroom and sat down on the pot, took his guitar with him and played his scales. Okay, um, anybody who's anybody that's done anything, there is a level of suffering and grind that has to come with the good. It's the butterfly effect. You know, you die as a caterpillar, go in the womb, and you come back. Right there's a metamorphosis. The mental health that we're the mental health epidemic and crisis. Don't you find it funny that we're actually in that today when things are as easy and as they've ever fucking been? Your life is not supposed to be easy. It is supposed to be a series of trials and triumphs, wins and losses grinds easy grind easy and obstacles and i'm not talking about obstacles like they didn't have your vanilla bean frappuccino that morning i'm talking real obstacles that you have to expect to happen yeah. you should expect bad do you
0: know the, and then get through
1: them do
0: you know the parable of the the butterfly it's like an old chinese parable where it got like caterpillar was like the butterfly was trying to come out of the cocoon, and the guy saw it, and he helped it out, and he opened the cocoon for it, and it fell and died. And it falls and
1: dies because it's not ready.
0: Yeah, it it did not develop the strength that needed to be a butterfly and fly away. Like you're
1: right, you've got to. It's got. It's not ready. Yeah. And I want to tell people the reason people get to the highest levels of industry. You spoke about the lady forty years in. She's very high up at a bank, probably super successful with a huge bank account. But I can assure you, she spent years in the uncomfortable, in the suck, in the grind. She made it through, I guess, what the young people are calling this terrible age of bad bosses and toxic work environments, right? Right. Mark my words. Mark my words. There's a crash coming the likes America has never seen. Common,
0: Self-inflicted too, which is the word. Self-inflicted. Yeah. All right. We're going to take one last break and come back, everybody. Hang tight. We'll be back in a minute.
1: Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track. What to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership here live on talkradio.nyc Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic.
0: i mentioned it uh the last time you were on but i started taking mma classes now yeah we were talking about it how like i feel like oh I'm, yeah i'm a white belt yeah. again but and I, I have a story i want to tell but you just made me think of something and, and our instructor said this the other day and this dude is like he's amazing uh um, yeah. he's a great coach he's been with henzo for over 20 years small unassuming guy he will destroy you and he's yep. just, he's just been through it all And and he's always got some strong messages. And he said that the other day, he said, you should make yourself do something uncomfortable at least once a day. Like something you absolutely do not want to do. And I'm like, well, if I came to MMA, then I've got, that would not get checked off because I don't want to fucking go. That's precisely why I make myself because it scares me. And I'm just like, fuck, this is going to be awful. But I just know it's going to chisel me and and make me better. But my story, we we both have a musical background. um, Mm -hmm. And you were mentioning like, like the most famous musicians and what they go through so again being in new york and and uh you know just neighbors being like top of the talent pool as well i ended up on a gig with one of my neighbors who is not a he's a he's a lawyer of all things um but he's had this band this cover band this rock and roll cover band he's he's like late 60s so you know like he 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 grew been up in, around yeah he grew up in the 60s and <laughs> 70s and started playing in and just lo- you know he loves the stones he loves uh you know he, he loves uh well he also loves wilco which is really interesting but um you know just classic rock and roll era guy yeah. and um and so they do a bunch of cover tunes and he at some point befriended jj french from twisted sister ah. like who's also from new york and they go way back and so he invites me to play with his band. His, his drummer was sick, and they needed a sub. And he knew I knew all the tunes. So I came in. It's just like classic rock covers. Sure. And he invited JJ, and JJ gets up with his guitar. Oh, <laughs> fucking, that's I, epic. I do a fucking set with Jay French in fucking Midtown Manhattan. And I was just like, you all can have my sticks after this. I was going to say, I hey, Twisted <laughs> Sister
1: has an amazing story in New York, man. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Like, so uh,
0: well, I was just going to say, at the end, um, we're all hanging out. It was an email thread going around, too, after afterwards. And uh, it was my buddy was playing bass, this guy that I played bass with forever. So we were just like, we had been in all these bands. We had toured together. He and I, I was don't just lie. fucking laid it out. And I'm never, but, I mean, we were really, like, driving it. We really, like, had it locked in. And um, I, we were playing Come, Come Together. And it was nice. just so
1: and i just remember at one point Shay
0: french is doing a solo and he just turns and looks at us he's got his back to the audience and he's just like fuck yeah boys fuck yeah <laughs> and i'm just like mine's blown so after after the show there was like an email going around and he preemptively just sends us this email saying thank you guys for showing me that rock and roll could be fun. And I'm like, I respond, no, just fun. He didn't say fun fun again. He said just fun. And I responded back. I'm like, man, you gotta be kidding me. Like you're dude. You're the, and he goes, he goes "Twisted sister was a job. Don't get me wrong. It was great. But he was like, that shit was fucking work. And I did not enjoy playing music the way I did when I played with you guys.
1: And again, I was just like, and then I quit. Then I literally was like. I'm done. But it was a job, and he viewed what? it as that, and he took his job seriously, he and he just sucked. viewed it as that. But he and said it
0: sucked, and look yes. what happened to Twisted Sister. I mean, like they, those, some of those guys still don't talk to each other, you know? Yes, <laughs> it's yes, crazy. But that's that's,
1: crazy. that's what I want to. You're not gonna find yourself. Yeah. You're not. So stop. The, I mean, the,
0: the other part I think is cute about it is like, well, all these people are off work, like on government money finding themselves. I'm like, oh, I got to find myself too. Every day in my business working. Yeah. My, I find myself work in working my, dick off. my office, <laughs> yeah.
1: you know, and that money that they keep taking from me is going them. so that you can go fucking find yourself. And I say, go fuck yourself. Right. That's uncool. It's not American. It's lazy and it's, and it's poor character. I'm sorry. It just is say what it is.
0: And, and, I think you're right. Like you and I will continue to eat. We've had so many great like eighties movie references too that. These kids are really going to have to go do their homework. Like why they keep talking about popcorn. (laughs) You and I are going to sit back and eat the popcorn. Like no matter what, like even after this, like if you, if you find yourself, if you don't still, it's like jujitsu. It's like that guy that leaves, like he was getting you. And he leaves for like two years and you stay grinding and he comes back and he's like, I'm going to get you you again. And you fuck him up. And you're like, boy, you was never going to get me again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, talking about, talking about any kind of movie reference, look, there's no, there's no great movie where the hero of the story doesn't have to grind. Dissolve a bomb or defuse a bomb or do something. They've, (laughs) The hero always has to overcome. Mm. That's the storyline of any movie is they go through hardships and they overcome what this new generation will tell you is, Oh, we're going through hardships. We've had a pandemic and blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. blah. Right. The fact of the matter is, is you're not viewing it. What the way we're trying to say is you get refined in the fire gold can only be purified in fire you have to go through the fire what we're saying is you can try to make your life as comfortable as possible there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with wanting a life without drama a life without sickness a life without this and that where it becomes a problem is when externally you begin to expect the other people in the world to make your life comfortable and, and all of that. That's the difference. Self, I can try to make my life as comfortable as possible, but I can't say, Jeremiah, I need you to do that as well. That's where we're going wrong. And I think if we can get some of these guys to see that, you know, the, the, the frailty of their thinking, then maybe we can change a life. I know that sounds crazy and cliche, but dude. No, not at gonna, all. It's it's gonna be bad. It's gonna yeah. be bad.
0: I I mean, so I have my own opinions on this and, and and uh and thoughts on how to reverse it. We've got just a few minutes left now. When I want to get yours, but like I think like how in Israel they make all the kids go in the military for two years. Yep. I think everybody should work in some sort of service as Agreed. a like as a low-end employee, like a fucking dishwasher or something like that. Agreed. Um for like At least six months, but preferably longer before you go like to college and, and like get your degree, you know, like you should be at the bottom just for a little while, just to to understand what, I think it would change everybody's perspective. What we got like three minutes left. You get, you, you got the floor.
1: Yeah, I I think so. Uh, Germany does the same thing. When I lived over there in the nineties and when I was in the military, you had to do nine months. You had to, right. Right. I mean, you had to go serve your country. And you had to do something that was service oriented and it sucked and it was hard and it was outside of your, you know, life goals and life plans, right? That's number one. Number two, as leaders, the leaders need to stop being scared of the cancel culture and they need to stand their ground and they need to, because if we genuinely love people and we genuinely care about people, then we will not let them continue down this path. That's what I would say. So if you love somebody, tell them the truth. And, and even if it's a hard pill to swallow.
0: No. Yeah. Right. Leadership has to be honest um, and not afraid. Um, Yep. You know, unfortunately we've got like these breakthrough motherfuckers like Rogan and Chappelle, who are just like, you can say whatever you want. I don't care. I'm good. You know, um, right? I, I think more people need to uh, need to uh, assume that that headspace.
1: I think um, everybody, whether you're famous or not, yeah. should assume that headspace. Right. Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but they're they're good examples. Last question, yep. real quick. We got one minute. Have you trained with the death squad yet since they came to Austin?
1: <laughs> no, I have not. It's on my list. I think they're still getting settled in and moved yeah, in and all yeah. that. But I, there, there will be a day that I go get my ass kicked by them. Nice. And uh, I, Shanji Hiberro is
0: also opening uh, school there.
1: Yeah, man. We,
0: uh, we just, on my brother's so show. So amazing. Yeah, on my brother's show, we just interviewed one of his brown belts. We got to get you on that show at some point, too. Let's do it. It's all just like jujitsu fighting and really fucking silly. We have a great time. But yeah, Austin's like. Austin's the new San Diego. Oh, fuck yeah, Fucking dude. been crazy, man. Austin, Texas, well. baby. I'm going to get there one day. I promise. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on again. Short notice. Always a pleasure, man. We will do it again. The rest you of bet. you, have a great week. And man, get off your lazy asses. Go get a get job. Get to work. Go get your ass a job. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Have a go and see you, everybody.
1: See you. Bye.
0: Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc.